All right, you want to close up? Yeah. Hey, it's Lola. She's amazing. <laughs> it's Michelle. I'm just fine. And Michelle, <laughs> Michelle's amazing too. Um, let's see how this sounds. Will it even pick me up over here? Or here. Hello. Yeah. Hey guys. Welcome to From the In-Between, episode one. I have with me in the bedroom stooge <laughs> my friend Lola. Hi everyone. <laughs> I love being in the bedroom with Michelle. It's um it's uh It's a little toasty. Yeah, it's toast it's warm, <laughs> it's comfortable, it helps me get to that point. So Yeah, yeah. So that tell does. us about yourself, Lola. What's your what's your deal? Um, so a little bit of background, similar to Michelle. I'm from Minnesota and I'm the oldest of five siblings. And let's see, my parents are from Nigeria. So I consider myself to be Nigerian American and I consider myself a woman identify as a Nigerian-American woman, heterosexual, and have a loving partner that I've been with for almost two years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks. Thank you. So I'm actually glad you talked about your background before I have to ask you, because that's what I am most curious about, honestly. Mm. Um, I feel like I will probably write about this or talk about this more at some point, but for me, um, mom is Italian-American, dad is from Africa at some point. Mm -hmm. We can go back to Alabama in like the late 1800s, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, so I am kind of stuck in between two cultures, but only my mom really knows anything about hers, mm -hmm. and my dad knows nothing about his. Interesting. So I'm really excited that you actually know where your family yeah. is from, yeah. but I'm curious to just kind of how you see yourself, like as a Nigerian American, mm -hmm. you never lived in Nigeria, No. but your parents were from there and then yeah. came. So maybe you could talk a little bit about how that was or mm -hmm. how you were brought up or how much they brought their culture with them yeah. and what your upbringing was like. Yeah, I feel I feel very Nigerian. Mm. I feel like I'm Nigerian and I feel like I am a Minnesotan, mm. you know? Mm. I feel very uh, close to my fake Norwegian roots since <laughs> I don't really have any Norwegian roots. But, uh, the Norwegian and Midwestern culture has definitely affected my life. My parents, you know, they... I grew up eating Nigerian food I grew up um, going to Nigerian parties, appreciating specifically my parents are Yoruba, mm -hmm. so um, really growing up Yoruba culturated. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom was um, the president for many years of the. It was called Mind, the Minnesota Institute for Nigerian Development. That's so, great. Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, it's a it's a small organization, but mm -hmm. there's a few people that are a part of it. You know, there's a lot of Nigerian immigrants in Minnesota, mm -hmm. and um, my mom, along with um, a friend of hers, who's Igbo, had started this organization. Or I don't know if they started it, but they were the vice president and president, and they kind of just switched back and forth. Um, but through it, there was like a lot of activities that I always grew up like participating and engaging with. So I felt very, very comfortable, um, leaning into my Nigerian identity, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I don't speak my parents' language fluently. I can understand a little bit here and there. I cook the food how well that's up to you. <laughs> you know, like, I think it's okay. But <laughs> some Nigerians might be like, okay, girl, you're right. <laughs> my sister is definitely, my sister Paige is definitely like an amazing cook. Um, and I would say that, like, let's see, yeah, I feel 
very Nigerian. The part of, I think one thing about me is, you know, you, I sound American. You know, I have an American accent. Mm-hmm. I have a Midwestern accent. Mm-hmm. I, um, I don't think I readily, I, you know, when someone hears my voice, they might have preconceived notions about what my race might be mm-hmm. and, you know, where I'm from. But I, I think I'm most comfortable when I'm wearing Nigerian clothes. Mm-hmm. And when I am um, amongst, you know, my white friends or amongst my other friends of different colors and my friends of different races and ethnicities and amongst my Nigerian friends, I feel really comfortable being like, I am a Nigerian woman, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I say Nigerian American because that's my citizenship, mm-hmm. so, Yeah. So what do you do if people either come at you in a hostile way or just mm-hmm. in a curious way, mm-hmm. kind of asking about your background? Like I'm reading um, How to Be Black by Baratunde Thurston. I love that book. <laughs> it's I love so that book. good. And I'm audiobooking because yeah. my job, which I will not name because I feel like I'm going to just drag it through the mud, mm-hmm. through this entire podcast, it. but it is boring enough where I listen to podcasts mm-hmm. all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my, my audiobook on tap right now. And he was talking about, especially with his name, yeah. which I know you go by Lola, yeah. but I know your full name is, maybe you can say it so I don't butcher yeah. it. <laughs> it's, um, English pronunciation is Omolola, mm-hmm. and then the Yoruba pronunciation is Omolola. Okay, yeah. so that's the choice. Number one is yeah. like shortening the name, yep. so you don't have that initial, like, I'm Nigerian on right. paper, too, right. before you even meet me. But I'm exactly. curious, because he kind of goes over, like, he... I know his dad was killed by, like, mm-hmm. gang violence, so he only had his mom, but... She tried to keep, like, her roots alive, too. Mm -hmm. But he was kind of saying, like, people try to say, like, oh, you're not black enough. And he's like, how? Like, do you see my name? Like, you know, like... It's definitely black. (laughs) Right. It's a remixed Nigerian name, actually. Yeah, it's really cool. I really... I've always... Like grandfather returns or Mm -hmm. something. I should research before I just pretend I know. Um, But, so, yeah, maybe you could talk about that, too. Like, your choice to have a more like American name mm-hmm. um, but it has its roots with your given name right and then kind of how that works when people do meet you mm-hmm. and then what you might do if they have questions or if they are hostile yeah or just maybe you have stories examples yeah yeah I think that um, our desire to navigate and to assimilate to whatever environment we're in, as in to be like comfortably, to be comfortable mm-hmm. in whatever environment we're in, is kind of a natural response for people. So Absolutely. we're always looking for ways to kind of um, fit in, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for me, it was early on. I remember there being some early tension between me and for between me and my mom about me using the nickname Lola. She she was oh. like, what? You shouldn't be called Lola. You should be called Amalala. Tell everybody your name is Amalala. And I'm like, no one can pronounce it, Mom. And it's confusing for people. And, you know, it's... And I actively, like, chose at that time to use this name. And it's interesting because, like, I moved in later in life to, you know, in college I studied Spanish. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I speak a little Spanish, not fluently, but... um, and then, so the name Lola has roots in the name Dolores and oh, in Spanish, really? yeah. Okay. And then, so there's a lot of Spanish people who are like, see the name Lola, and they're like, oh, curious, right? Oh, mm-hmm. she's Cuban, is she Puerto Rican, Dominican, whatever. Yeah. And then um, I've had Filipino people, actually today I rode with a uh, Filipino Uber driver, mm-hmm. and he was like, fuck Uber. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, you were in the lift. You were in the lift. Yeah, I was in the lift. Um... So my Filipino driver was like, oh, do you know the name Lola? And I know it means grandmother in Tagalog, mm-hmm. um, their language. And it, so it's it's cool because I feel like, you know, at that time it was a point of assimilation to use that name. And then for me now it's been a point of um, 
multicultural engagement. Okay. You know? Okay. So I feel like it's actually been less about hiding, but more as like a starting point to have conversations with different types of people. Everyone yeah. feels a little bit comfortable mm-hmm. because they're not really sure. They, they may or may not see my picture in advance, mm-hmm. but they see the name Lola and they see the last name Ola Teju and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, that Teju, they're like, oh, that yeah. Teju, they're, yeah. you know, they don't really know. Mm-hmm. So it adds some layeredness to conversations. But I, um, at the risk of like, you know, going on and on, yes, I've had many negative interactions with people around um my name and points of assimilation where you know it's some of nigerian family members early on like when i was younger because i do think that society's evolved and nigerians have evolved and other people have evolved where like you you can still reclaim your power even if you're doing something to kind of fit in Mm -hmm. and um you know, I, I definitely, my mom and other people have given pushback, like, oh, you should definitely, you should use the name, your given name, you mm-hmm. know, and the Yoruba people have a, have a really beautiful tradition around naming. We name the child on the eighth day. So names are really powerful, yeah. you know, and like why you name your child, the name that you give them has a lot of very specific meanings. We have a whole ceremony around it. Um, so I'm proud of my name and I don't think that it's, for me personally, it's not been a decision because as I'm older and I'm more self self actualized, mm-hmm. I don't think that it's been a way to be like, oh, I don't like who I am. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's been a, it's more like, okay, you see a different part of me. Mm-hmm. I am Nigerian American. I'm also an American citizen. I'm a Nigerian citizen also, mm-hmm. and which you know, I have my passport whenever it's <laughs> updated, whatever. <laughs> and I'm also a person that consider myself like multicultural. You know, mm-hmm. I'm looking for ways to navigate the entire world in its entirety with love and respect to my culture, and using the name Lola has now been a really nice jump off point so yeah so what does your name mean then um my full name Omolola means a child who brings honor to their parents Mm -hmm. and you know to their community Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and you were what number of your siblings I'm number one Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's why I'm the biggest bitch. Yes. <laughs> running it. Running it. Sorry, I shouldn't have clapped into we're on a podcast. No, it's fine. I mean, you yeah, there's a spike on my yeah. level. <laughs> but maybe I can smooth it out. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately myself. Mm-hmm. Um back in the day, I feel like I'll start with my like name origin story. Because yeah, I feel like it is it's sad. I love but the it's name funny. Michelle. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So my middle name's Yvonne. Oh. So I feel like I maybe should have gone by that. It sounds very mm-hmm. French, like Michel Yvonne. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I was in my history class when mm-hmm. I was an eighth grader, and I was sitting there, and we were doing our family tree project, mm-hmm. which I was like, I was aware enough to know like this will be really easy for my mom, and probably kind of hard for my dad. Yeah. Like I don't know how far back we can actually go. Right. Um, but I was thinking about Garth Brooks. Yeah. Because I was like, we have the same last name. Right. Um, but I don't think I'm related to him. Hmm. I'm pretty sure my family was maybe owned by, mm. like, A. Brooks. Mm. And if you Google Michelle Brooks, which I have since done, it's usually white, blonde real estate agents. Interesting. Across the board. And then, like, a, like a peppering of mm-hmm. black women. So do you like uh, houses and stuff, too? Do I want what? Do you like houses? Or? I mean, <laughs> I'd love to own one okay. one day. Okay, <laughs> And I have to rent out all the rooms to be able to afford it. Um, but it was just so funny to me. Like, um, my mom never changed her last name when she got married from, like, an empowerment hmm. perspective. She's like, this is my name. I'm not going to give it over to anyway. my husband. Yeah. Um, but I've been thinking lately, it's like, maybe the only way I can get rid of my slave name is if I get married. <laughs> And then I can change it to the other person. Yeah. I mean, 
it might be their slave name too. Maybe we can like mash them up or something. But yep. it's this weird like my name kind of means nothing. Yeah. Like my parents just picked something. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the overwhelming majority of Michelle Brooks's in the world are like maybe Trump supporters. Like they Ooh. don't look great. They That's don't really, look very kind really and nice. Uh, so yeah. Just for the record, yeah. are you not a Trump supporter then? I am not a Trump supporter. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I feel like I don't know. Maybe just get that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do I have to write a disclaimer? Yeah, a um, little bit. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, like once enough episodes come along, you'll yeah. realize that. Actually, funny story. Tell me. Um, so I saw this Facebook post from a friend of mine, and he was like there were all these steps to go into your settings and find out how Facebook is marketing to you. Mm -hmm. So you go into like the settings and then it's ad reporting. There's an ad reporting section and you can find out like how liberal they think you are, Mm -hmm. what they think your sexuality is, like Mm -hmm. all these things that you don't report to them. They just have like collected all the data and kind of made their own decisions. Exactly. Yeah. So according to that, I am very liberal. Interesting. (laughs) I think it's just because I post about like, being black and being frustrated. <laughs> Everyday life though. Hashtag it. Black and frustrated. I love it. Um, yeah, but it's like, how do you, I post maybe once a month mm-hmm. if that, and it's usually just because I'm so frustrated. I want like some support from like, you mm-hmm. know, people from my high school that I don't post. talk to. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was. What was it? Maybe you know more than I do. <laughs> it's not a work thing. It's a work thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can talk about that, actually, because mm-hmm. you're rocking some beautiful braids. Oh, thank you. Let's just go into it. I'm not going to ever... blue, too? I saw the blue. How can blue? you not see the blue? Yes, I'm wearing... I'm rocking electric <laughs> blue braids on the bottom, and um, black braids on the top, mm-hmm. or the majority of it, and they're really, really long. And I a top-knot swirl. It's fun yes. to have to describe yourself yes. for <laughs> people that can't see you. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I am beautiful, the sexiest. Yeah, um, so yeah, my work will never be named. I feel like that's how I can keep this a safe space. Um, But yeah, I was, it was rainy. Mm -hmm. My hair was down. Mm -hmm. I used to like try to clip it back Mm because I do photography with my job. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I can't really have like hair getting on artifacts Mm -hmm. and books and things. Yeah. So I used to try to pin it up, but now I haven't really even been doing that much photography at mm-hmm. my job, so it's kind of like, um, it's also a point of contention, but it's fine. So my hair was out, it was long, it was puffy, and I don't know if that was why this coworker decided to interrupt my podcasting, because I have my headphones on all day right. at work. Um, backstory, I work with uh, two other white women mm-hmm. and a man, mm-hmm. also white, um, who's like in his 40s and amazingly socially awkward, mm-hmm. but great. Yeah. And then one of the women is a mom, lives in the suburbs, okay. has kids, yeah. drives them to soccer. We have very little in common. Right. She's just like, she's lovely, but she's really ditzy. And mm-hmm. it's like, could I get away with being that ditzy? Probably not. Probably like you kind not. of frustrate me a little bit. Yeah. And then one woman just doesn't really talk. Yeah. Um, so this is the ditzy mom hmm. who's asking me as I pull off my headphones, I think it's a work related question. Cause it's like, you know, 2 PM on a Tuesday or mm-hmm. something. And she goes, Have you ever got your hair braided? Cause I wonder how long it is, how long it takes. Do you know? Hmm. And I'm just like, no, I never got my hair braided. Also, I wasn't even listening to my audiobook. I was listening to The Read <laughs> at that time. That's my favorite podcast. So I was like, in the entire world, listening to these angry people, and I was like, I, like, I almost said something. Like, yeah, 
I literally cannot get my hair braided. Crystal Kefira will do that to you. Yeah, it is not the right texture. Mm -hmm. My mom is a white woman. She would not know where to have taken me mm -hmm. in suburban Minnesota. Right. Where we were also, like, one of two black families in, like, a mile radius. Mm -hmm. We knew them. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, honestly. But, like, I think I met the girl because she was about my age on the playground. Yeah. My parents didn't try to meet, like, any of our neighbors. Black, white, or otherwise. But Interesting. Um, yeah, so it was, like, I wouldn't know where to go. I have this weird, like really like kinky curls but they're not kinky enough to be like staying together mm -hmm. like I still have little strands of hair mm -hmm. so I feel like to even get it to braid I have to tease it like yeah. I don't know what I would do mm -hmm. but so all that is rolled up into her question that she thinks is innocent of like just you know you're black you know how long it takes to get your hair braided right. where actually it's like uh I I don't mm -hmm. like I am really in this weird space of like I, maybe if my mom was black, I might have had a better chance of, like, right. figuring some of these things out. But right. my dad just, he is dark. His hair is, like, I caught, like, little moss. Yeah. It's very, like, yeah. really, like, afro. He had yeah. an afro when he was little. Very um, tight curls. Tight curls. And, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But at some point in college, I think, like, the afro went away. Yeah. Um, we never really hung out with his family too much. Mm -hmm. Like, we would see them maybe once every couple of years in mm -hmm. Indiana. They were mm -hmm. not that far. But, um, yeah, I feel like he, especially living in Minnesota with his white wife, mm -hmm. like, people hear him on the phone and are surprised when he's black in person. Like, when they actually meet him. So there's this really strange, like, disconnect. Like, it'd be one thing if my dad was, like, happily, powerfully mm -hmm. black and my mom was her little cute Italian self, mm -hmm. and I kind of, like, melded that together. Right. Because she's really proud of her heritage. Right. And I went to a family reunion of hers, and I was very uncomfortable because mm -hmm. people didn't even know that I was black. Like, they hadn't met my dad. Some people did, but yeah. the overall majority did not. Um, As in they didn't treat you like you were... Or what, what do you mean? So they didn't... They saw you more, <clears throat> more sure who you were, or they just didn't yes. read you as being... Okay. Yeah, so I think they read me as black, mm -hmm. but at one point I wasn't with my mom immediately, and I think they were like, who is this black person at our family reunion? Interesting. Because they are all like five foot one or two. Right. That is the big difference. Mm -hmm. um, like brown hair, olive skin, yeah. and my mom is five feet, my dad is six feet, I'm like five eight, but I'm skinny and tall and brown, mm -hmm. and they're like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, I feel like I realized I was talking to your roommate about this and not you. Yeah. So this, I feel like I'm saying this again, but it yeah. was your roommate. So oh, I'm not, not I was like having deja yeah. vu, but I was like, this mm -hmm. is not you. Um, so yeah, it's just, I, I kind of wish my dad had like some connection mm -hmm. to something mm -hmm. of his like roots, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I feel like I'm trying to piece together some things about his family or just like what it means to be red as black. I feel mm -hmm. like as soon as people talk to me, they're like, oh, you're, you're, I also like not that black. I don't like that phrase because you can like be anything phrase. you I want. I actually completely <laughs> disagree with that phrase. It's yeah. not a thing in my life. We should talk about it. But people like, if I keep my mouth shut, people just see me on the street and I get like head nods and people think I'm like part mm -hmm. of the, you know, mm -hmm. part of the people. <laughs> I love it. But if it's like I'm talking to someone, like I was at a, a gala actually yesterday mm -hmm. at the Chicago Public Library. Cool. And I was um, talking to the guy who was giving me sushi and there was this black couple that came up and like said hello. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as they heard me talking again to the guy who's giving me sushi, their faces kind of like did a little like double yeah. take. Um, 
so that happens all the time for me. Yeah. But I kind of wish, like, if I'm going to be read as black, yeah. like, it'd be nice to at least have a background in what that means. Right. Or, like, not what it means, like, you can only be one way, but at least what it means for my family mm-hmm. or my dad. Right. And I have some kind of, like, base mm-hmm. to go off of. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't like the why aren't you black or, like, why don't you act black right. or you have to act a certain way. Yeah. Um, I am curious about your take. But my last thing, especially growing up in Minnesota, it's, like, if I was a white girl, I wouldn't have to act any kind of way. No. Like, why did they have this freedom where I have to, like, be put into a box? Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, okay, before I give my thoughts, yeah. I would like to ask a little bit more about why that interaction with your coworker disturbed you. Oh, sure. It's more like... Or frustrated you. Yeah, I mean, the question was frustrating in itself, but, like, thinking it's going to be a work thing, Mm -hmm. and I don't have to think about my family life in the middle of my office in the middle of the day, Mm -hmm. like, it's kind of become a point of contention for me, and I have tried to talk to my parents about it a Mm -hmm. little, and they kind of, like, don't even really get it. They don't really get my question. I think they think race doesn't exist, maybe, Mm -hmm. and so they're like, why? It doesn't matter that your dad acts this way. Like, Mm -hmm. they could be woke if they had like done the thinking that it takes to get there right but I feel like they just have blinders on and Mm -hmm. think like well we're two people that got married and had a kid and love is love love is love and it's colorblind maybe right but it's like okay yeah but we don't live in a bubble right like we're gonna have to interact with people and tell them or not tell them just like feel secure enough in ourselves to be Mm -hmm. like this is how I am right we can't just pretend that we don't look a certain way Mm -hmm. because we do yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that. So it's just like, I don't, I don't want to deal with that at my place of work. Yeah. Like it might be an innocuous question for you, but for me, it actually like is something I'm currently grappling with right. at this moment in time. What do you think would have <laughs> been a better, or what would have been a better way for her to have asked a question about hair to you? Or do you think that a white person has no place asking a person of color anything about hair yeah I think or making any sort of assumption about like I don't want to be your google right yeah I was gonna say like step one that's a googleable question right it's like because you're not close to her right you're not in a relationship with her no Mm -mm. like we will talk about our weekends right but that's about as far as it goes Mm -hmm. um yeah I mean that is that's what I was gonna say like I am not here for your like vetting Mm -hmm. or like your assurance like, especially not having that much information myself, mm-hmm. um, which then becomes, like, why that question is hard for me. Because mm-hmm. I think it also is a little frustrating, like, you should assume that the black experience is the same for everyone. Right. And I think that is hard for someone from the suburbs to even, mm-hmm. like, think about. I was telling, um, I forget who, but I was telling someone, I feel like her day is just, like, sunshine and rainbows and kids daycare and pick up and vaccinations and now the dog has to go to the vet hmm. um so it's like I don't even know if she's thought this way so to call her on the problem with her question I think she again like my parents would be like I don't I don't get it what's wrong with that question I'm right. just asking about your hair right um but yeah I mean I, I honestly should have said just a quick ditty about like that question might mean nothing to you, but that's actually a really difficult question. Right. I cannot answer it, not mm-hmm. only because I don't want to, but mm-hmm. because I literally cannot. Right. Because I do not have this kind of... Experience yes. to speak on. Yeah. And not the experience also in Chicago, maybe, to speak Oh, on. not at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this would have been like a getting your hair braided from, like, 
mm-hmm. you know, elementary to beyond. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not going to start now. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I could. You could. But it's like... The last time I got my hair braided was about 10... Well, I got it braided last year, but before that it was 10 years. Really? Oh, yeah. I find the process to be very painful. Yeah. And painstaking. Yeah. And I, and I value every moment of my day. <laughs> every moment of my day. That's I part value. of it, too. It's like it's not a fun, like, Cancun beach. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to do this and actually have it stay in your head, it's mm-hmm. going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> I can still feel the pain right now. Yeah. You, said, you said hurt, and it was just like went through vibrated through my entire body yeah mm-hmm. i will say the one thing my mom tried to do is we did get my hair relaxed when i was like in fifth grade maybe uh who requested that my mother because she saw me trying to straighten my hair and she's like there's a thing you can do i think that'll make it permanent so you don't have to straighten it all the time so then i do it i get my hair burnt by this like <laughs> it was like a cosmetology school right white woman yeah. trying to relax my hair in like edina <laughs> i'm surprised all your hair didn't fall out i know so it was really painful and then i i washed my hair not that long after because i didn't know that it would not Revert. be permanent because right. my mom said it'd be permanent and she's like i think you relax it and then you're fine your hair is straight for like a year and it was not so i just got it burnt for no reason then was back to straightening by hand interesting it was like okay this was pointless and why did you like straightening your hair so, I actually lied. It wasn't when I was that young. I was at least in seventh grade and okay. beyond, not like fifth grade. Um, so, I went to a private Catholic school mm. outside of Minneapolis. Um, what school? Benilde St. Margaret's. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that one, but. So, cool. it was Benilde was the all boys school, and then St. Margaret's was the all girls school. Cool. Um, and they combined in like the 70s or mm-hmm. something. I don't actually know. But I was one of let's see, maybe three black kids in the, like, junior high, mm-hmm. but only one of five when I got to high school. And mm-hmm. our high school had a, like, total population of, I think, a thousand people. Interesting. So we were the absolute minority. Girl, yes, you were. <laughs> so I realized, I just straightened my hair on a whim once in seventh grade, and all these boys were talking to me, and they wouldn't talk to me, my hair was curly. And I was like oh, if I want to get anyone's attention, I have to look like the white girls as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So I straightened my hair from then all the way through high school, and Mm -hmm. then it wasn't until, like, my first year of college that I stopped. Interesting. Yeah. You have beautiful hair. Well, thank you. Yeah, your hair curls so very beautifully. (laughs) Thank you. I've always been um, admiring your hair. I think it's interesting to hear that story and to think a little bit more about the woman who asked you about the braids. Yeah. Because I think it tells me... There's um, kind of a, a tension around otherness mm-hmm. and around um, you you being othered in that moment mm-hmm. in a way that like as you're kind of working through other parts of your like all parts of your identity and putting that all together that you know there's just some sort of tension. I will say that I feel like her question has there's how should I say this? I don't. I don't think that... I think everyone can use Google. <laughs> everyone can use Google. Google mm-hmm. is a wonderful resource. You know, it has six letters. Like, just hit it. <laughs> com. It's not that deep. Right. Right? So if you want to look up hair braiders, that's, that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. I think 
in the moment, it felt like, you know, here she is as a white woman. She sees her co-worker that she has no other relationship with, mm -hmm. and she asks this question. I do think, though, that there are moments in which people of same race mm -hmm. will ask them the same questions. Like, mm -hmm. oh, here's a beauty. I have a, as especially as, like, a woman shared mm -hmm. experience for mm -hmm. those that are, like, female-identified, or for those that wear, like, any sort of, like, um, makeup or, you know, do things like this, that... Um, that it is very common for people to seek out other people's resource because we trust the person that we know's list. Mm -hmm. But I will not say that her question is as simple as that. I right. think that there was a layer of like, hey, I recognize you as a black woman and you might have this information that I don't have access to for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about why she asked the question in the first place. Yeah. Um, because like no why context. did she need a, a yeah. greater right <laughs> and then um i'm curious about i think my other issue is the fact that she has no other relationship with you mm -hmm. in respect to your blackness mm -hmm. outside of just asking you about your hair right? right so maybe in the workplace every single day she just treats you as like she she doesn't speak on the black experience so maybe different tensions that you've experienced in work meetings or whatever um or just walking through you know choices just life you know music whatever i don't know different ways of which blackness can serve service mm -hmm. and she's never thought to come into a thoughtful conversation about you but she felt comfortable now asking you not only about your resource but your resource as a black woman mm -hmm. so i feel like there's some really interesting things to unpack I will say, you know, back to your earlier question, um, you know, you, you'd asked about um, blackness and or like uh, what, it, what, what was the question? It was something about, um, oh, if you're black enough or not black mm -hmm, enough, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and I grew up in, you know, also in a predominantly white suburb mm -hmm. in Minnesota. What was your suburb again? Woodbury. Okay. And then so, for the record, Bloomington. So it's yeah. related. It's related. It's pretty similar. You know, you're on, you on the Minneapolis side. I was on the St. Paul side. Yeah. Both fairly large suburbs mm -hmm. with, um, in my case, you know, it's, I have a, I feel like a third layer of conversation around um, immigration and mm -hmm. around um, race and, and then around whiteness. Um, and I've found that Often people, when people talk about like you're black enough or, or not black enough, that it standardizes whiteness. Everything that white people do is a norm mm -hmm. and everything that anyone else does is not normal. Yeah. And that, and then also it tells me sometimes about this like flat perception, mm -hmm. especially like growing up, like in the nineties to early two thousands around blackness, around, you know, it's just basically BET, VH1, mm -hmm. hip hop, mm -hmm. like you're only black because if you're like urban enough and blah, blah blah and it's like I listen to hip-hop you mm -hmm. know and it's like I consume black content I consume urban black content I'm I consume at that time I listened to whatever stuff was on the radio my parents were very religious like mm -hmm. a urban conservative Christian household so I just grew up in like white Christian stuff you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. so you know the question used to feel like hurt super hurtful in a different way I felt like oh I'm because I don't, um, because I'm not from the hood mm -hmm. of Minnesota, <laughs> I don't get to wear the badge of being black. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, okay, well, first off, I'm a very dark-skinned black woman. Yes. So, I'm undeniably black. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just black. Mm -hmm. There's no, <laughs> there's no, like, way around it. I don't it's know how gray area. Yeah, there's no, like, <laughs> oh, I don't know what she is. Or she's looking a little this today or that. Mm, so, yeah. You know, winter or summertime, my color right. stays the same. Right. So... I think to myself, like, it's it's a weird, like, like, separation that people were trying to, like, 
put on themselves or even like, you know, it, it felt like, oh, we have to separate. There's only like one category of black. But for me, there's more than one category of black because I'm already black. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really wrestling with how how I can wear my blackness in different ways. Undeniably, when you see my skin color and you see my hair and whatever, it's very, you know, I have kinky, kinky, kinky hair and very dark skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but now... I feel like one thing that's really interesting that's happened in the black community is there's been an involvement of, like, the black identity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, one of my favorite Twitter accounts is Black Girl Nerds. Okay. Um, Blurreds. Did you watch the Two Dope Queens HBO special? No, I did not. They have a Blurreds episode. I love it. Black Nerds. I love those chicks so much. <laughs> and you see, I feel like that's even, that's, that's a perfect example mm-hmm. where I feel like, you know, as the black community in and of itself has mm-hmm. been able to face... And, like, wrestle with, like, how... What does it mean to be black? And Mm -hmm. there's so many different... We can love Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And we can love, you know, Black Panther before Mm -hmm. it came out. Mm -hmm. We can, like, read comic books. Mm -hmm. We can also be in math. And we can be, um, you know, writing a book. We can be an artist. We can be a writer. We can be an advertiser. We can wear these, like, multiple different identities. They're not exclusive to one race or another. Mm -hmm. And as that's happened for the black community, I think it's opened up some really interesting conversations where Mm -hmm. it's become more and more more or less relevant now for people to use the phrase um you know are you are you you know blacker blacker comparisons or whatever mm-hmm. i used to actually usually i got that from white people yeah white people that felt far too comfortable Ugh. they'll be like you know they spent a little bit of time with some black people mm-hmm. or they lived in a city mm-hmm. and they'd be like i'm blacker than you how yeah sway i know how is that yeah. No, I'm actually black. Yeah. That doesn't even make any sense. You know what that means? You co-opted blackness for the use of popularity and for feeling comfortable in certain spaces. But you know what? I'm still black and deal with all the negative and the positive, you know, right. most of its negative consequences. Right. Job issues and like, you know, being hired job, feeling comfortable fitting in, how people perceive you automatically, stereotypes that they impose on you every single day. So it's like... No, girl, you get none of that. You get to be blonde mm-hmm. and um, blue-eyed mm-hmm. and then go into white spaces and be like, oh, I'm so hip-hop mm-hmm. and feel like that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Actually, black is so layered mm-hmm. that I reject that for you. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at with that term. And just the fact phrase. that there is a name for when black people act in different ways. It's called code switching. Yeah. And that there is not a name for that when white people do it because, again, they can right. just do whatever they want. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but what I was going to say, too, I love that you brought up Tudo Queens inadvertently. I love them, for the record. Mm-hmm. I'm staring at the microphone, like, get it on record. I do love them. <laughs> but <laughs> I will say, I was watching their special, and I've listened to them on the podcast, mm-hmm. too. Um, but I feel like, because they're joking about their white boyfriends mm-hmm. and about, like, blurs or whatever, right. I feel like they or somehow we all skip this part where it's, like, a struggle to get there. Right. Or that everyone's going to get these jokes. Right. Like, people who were joking about how if they found a black man who loved, like, Harry Potter and, like, Phoebe loves you too. Like, yeah. if there was a black dude that was all these things mm-hmm. and that was nerdy and not mm-hmm. afraid of being whatever. Right. That she would date him in a minute, in a right. heartbeat. And I feel the same way. Right. Honestly, it's like... I have only dated, like, two black men in my life. Mm. And one was in high school, and he was great, but we were just, like, you know, 14 and right. didn't know what the fuck to do. Like, ah, my dad... Your parents let you date at 14. <laughs> so 
Oh, well, yeah, because um, my dad drove us to the movie theater and his mom brought us home. <laughs> so, that is how my it happened. Been like, hell no in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. So we, like, were terrified the entire time because we had a curfew. Um, and then the other guy was just, like, an ass. Like, and white men are asses, too. But he Definitely. was, like, aggressively... Yeah. Astastic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, I, don't, mm -hmm. I can't handle all this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's like an awkward tangent. But I just feel like there's a lot of, like, conversations that still need to be had before people are going to get even, like, the joking part of it, which okay. is, like, cathartic and helpful and really, like, healthy. Mm -hmm. And it's a great, like, release from daily life. Agreed. But I just feel like... It's still kind of new to even talk about. Right. And, like, that still has to happen a lot before, like, you can do stand-up about it. Right. Because, like, there are some dead silences in the audience sometimes because people just don't know that you have this experience that's, right. like, you can't just, like, pick whoever you want to date without people seeing you a certain way. Right. No, um, absolutely. Or even disproportionately how many women of color I know that don't use dating apps. Yeah. Versus, like, especially just because of how few times um, they're, they find, if they're interested in dating a person of color, they find a person of color on those dating apps, mm -hmm. or that the white person that might be on the dating app actually swipes right mm -hmm. instead of left, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. I, think, I, I, I think that you hit on a really great point, and it's, the conversation looks different community to community. I feel mm -hmm. like there's some work that obviously, like, the black community is working on, mm -hmm. you know, and um, there's some space around that then there's conversations around you know how when we're speaking to the white community and um how they're being involved in like identity conversations but it's really complicated and layered yes <laughs> and we are yeah because i mean you know, within the black community, there's lots of conversations about how do we feel about black men supporting black women, you mm -hmm. know, in general. Mm -hmm. And then there's conversations around hotepery, you know, and like how people like, you know, have these faux attractions to or faux presentations of, you know, what does it mean to be black and, and the position that they take on different issues or how in general as as black women, ultimately we're, we're fighting a whole nother fight that's mm -hmm. different than even our... Um, different gender, you know, counterparts mm -hmm. and are different gender plus racial counterparts, mm -hmm. you know, in different spaces. So yeah. it really just kind of depends. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. I could use some therapy around that. If anybody wants to give some free therapy around that, I'll take it. I will take a free therapist around that topic. Oh, yeah. I feel like if we had a sponsor today, it would be Talkspace. Oh, yeah. Come on, Talkspace. <laughs> the Come online on. therapy company. I love that online yeah. therapy Everyone company. Everyone has, like, I don't know the actual numbers, but some number of hours of vettedness, mm -hmm. and then you can message them whatever you like. Um, so Look yeah. it up. <laughs> and Talkspace, come talk to Michelle because she needs a sponsor. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? If only that's the way. Yeah, yes. I want the Google for podcasts where you just like Google your company name and find out where you just happen to drop I casually into conversation. I love it. And then you can, you know, throw like, you know, a little. Some cash. Not even a so hoodie. Like just like a Jackson. Hey. I'll take a, Who's on the 10? A Hamilton? Yes. I'll take anything. You said, you said that Jackson going to buy a drink for me and a drink for Lola. That and that's I mean. what I love. That is all we need. <laughs> 
Oh, um, Logan Square is probably just one drink plus tip, but whatever. Right. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, let's not. Um, but actually, let's. Yeah. I'm buying. But I was gonna ask. I feel like we should end. Um, we meeting me. I'd love to have you at all my interviews. Maybe hey. you can be like a. Like a Lola's corner. What's an alliteration Ooh. for that? Like Lola's um, level. Lola's level. Get on Lola's level. Come on. <laughs> Actually, I'll just like bing you in. I love that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think it's gonna become a thing. <laughs> so this is like this is your so contract. Nice. This is your audible contract. Um, but I think also to end like with just some kind of hope. You mm-hmm. know, like I feel like a lot of things. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Pod Save the People. Um, reveal like all these like news things. Yeah. Um, Positive America a little bit less so the daily, but it's just yeah. like here's your content. Mm-hmm. Um, Duray McKesson, I think is his yep. last name. He does at least like tell you some things you can do. He lived in Minnesota for many years. I know. Come on, Minnesota. I, know, I love it. Um, but I I feel like rather than like a soundbite or two of like what you can do or here's something you can read, like mm-hmm. I want to make it a thing every time because mm-hmm. I feel like. I'm going to be talking to people, again, like, with no edits, no cuts, so people might just, like, something might happen. They might just have something to come out that gets really deep, or they get depressed, or what have you, but ending with, like, what do you read, or listen to, or do to just kind of feel like it's good for your mental health, for Mm -hmm. yourself, for your body, for your soul, Mm -hmm. um, so I'd be like, what are you reading now, what are you listening to, what are you doing, that makes you feel good? It can be... In between space related or otherwise. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, I will say that my number one resource for love uh-huh. is um, a group of women that we have, like a little texting group. It's, mm-hmm. it's a blue group, as in we're all iPhone users. Shout out. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's a thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> I no, want to add that in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not an iPhone user, we're not we don't fuck with you. But um <laughs> you know, we call ourselves a dancing queen uh-huh. and we chit chat pretty much all week long on between our text messages and Instagram and other forms of communication and that's been very affirming mm-hmm. and uplifting as a space for me. And then I love Twitter and yeah. I'm on Twitter endlessly and I and I I feel there's been, I can run through like some of the people that I really appreciate that um, do a good job of empowering me as a woman of color and Mm -hmm. uplifting me as like a black woman who wear different identities. You Mm -hmm. know, they have, uh, you know, some of them are black, some of them are not black, some of them are black and everywhere in between and, and are, I mean, they're women and anywhere in between. And I've really appreciated uh, these people and the way, like the way that my Twitter space has kind of like been an uplifting place for me yeah so um like april ryan matthew cherry uh i think well crystal mm-hmm. i live for crystal's clapbacks on twitter <laughs> and um kid fury they're my favorite podcast host in the world because they're so damn funny yeah, <laughs> and they're really great on on um and they're really great on twitter as well but and then as far as like reading goes, you know, I've been trying to challenge myself recently on it's hard because I'm in grad school. So yeah. I already do a lot of reading <laughs> for school mm-hmm. and this particular quarter that I'm facing right now is going to be pretty heavy. But um, I usually just try to pick up a book every once in a while mm-hmm. um, that aligns itself with my views or my politics or my social beliefs mm-hmm. and um you know a lot of time i really enjoy like um science fiction 
from Octavia Butler. Yes. Kindred. Yeah, yeah. girl. That's all I've Come remember, but it's no. so good. Oh, she has so much <laughs> great stuff. And I feel like, first off, it's so great because I really love sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, I've been a, like a Trekkie since my entire life. And it's lovely whenever that I've been able to see the black experience in science fiction mm-hmm. and in such a popular, you know, way because Octavia Butler is pretty well respected and has won many awards. And yeah. I mean, she's passed on now and yeah. stuff, but um, immensely talented writer. And, you know, I work part of the time as a writer, so I'm always looking for inspiration. Yeah. So I think that was probably it. So like, you know, my Twitter space, I cultivate, I cultivate mm-hmm. my online environment yes to be I shape it intentionally to be a place that uplifts me yeah. so I don't put a lot of tension in there which I'm okay with the echo chamber you uh-huh. know some people have a lot of criticism around that. I don't give a shit like that's why Facebook is around because I'm Facebook friends with people that I've known since forever which means I don't like half of you people <laughs> that I'm Facebook friends with and I have unfollowed you I mean <laughs> you know we still friends but I don't see your shit because you just created so much internal tension for me but then my Twitter is lit and my texting is lit and then I read a couple books here and there mm-hmm. and it really helps me out. Yeah. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, oh my Lola. So O-M-Y-L-O-L-A. Not O-H. Yep. No okay. H. Um, and that's my Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Ooh, look at you. And Gmail I think you should account. mention you're doing PR yeah. in grad school. Yeah. Like well, marketing. Like marketing. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, so you're very on brand with yourself. On brand with myself, <laughs> yes. I work in marketing. I'm always trying to like um, learn new skills around digital storytelling, and you know, specifically, I'm trying to work on creating um, a hospitality uh, marketing consultancy company mm-hmm. where or consultancy practice that works on. Um, Restaurants that are interested in moving into mid-tier markets, so something like Minneapolis mm-hmm. or like Charlotte, mm-hmm. but ones that have not thought about what does it mean to be more inclusive in the hospitality space? Yeah. So I feel like people of color uh, and different people of different like socioeconomic groups and uh, different genders have not always been included in marketing initiatives mm-hmm. for restaurants. Often they go to the same places and target the same people, which is just rich white people in rich mm-hmm. white people areas like mm-hmm. Lincoln Park mm-hmm. or downtown. It's not interesting to me. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, when you look at the numbers and you see how people of color and other genders are spending a lot of money they mm-hmm. spend a lot of money but you don't bother to to attract them in any shape or form right if you bother to attract them shape or form in any shape or form then they will come spend their money with you but right, right now they don't like you right they don't know you right so you know yeah. let's create some sort of relationship there. so that's what i'm trying to do yeah i mean what a great way to stand out of the like entire grid of flat lays of white Look. hands reaching for food <laughs> like i mean it's if nothing else, it'll be a way to click. Yes. Because at least it's something different. Yeah, I mean, not at least. Like, it sounds amazing. Oh. <laughs> but, like, if you want to start from a base level. Yes. It's at least going to be visually compelling. I'm <laughs> so. my hands with manicure from Astro Wife because I love her. She's on the ground. Check her out. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. No, I appreciate so much you fun. having me, Michelle. Um, and I think Lola's level, um, I think it should be a thing. Hey! I'm here for it. <laughs> I don't know if I can snap on your microphone. Yeah, no, it's good. Less spikes in that hand clap. I appreciate it. (laughs) Goodbye. I love you guys. Good night. Ciao, ciao.